Hello, and welcome to the Technical History Podcast. My name is Jack, and alongside me, as always, I've got... Henry Ronchik. And... Ravi Saluja. And we've got somebody super special in the guest chair today. He is an expert on steel, and for our Industrial Revolution topic today, it is super important. We have Alan Webb. The Industrial Revolution, which we're, what we're going to be talking about today is a period of major industrialization in Europe and great specifically in Great Britain that took place during the late 1700s and the early 1800s. Uh, it then af- spread to uh, North America and other parts of Europe. Exactly, and it was mainly technology-driven, and the technologies that came out of the Industrial Revolution had positive and negative effects on the world around us. Ravi, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so specifically the manufacturing industry, the progression of technology really increased the manufacturing input. And the large manufacturing output that came from like the progression of tech helped Britain dominate the world market. And even though these advancements of technology helped the manufacturing in Britain, the new technologies also caused pollution and also caused a lot of like mental harm to the population of London as well. Now, let's hear from our guest, Alan Webb. So, Alan, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, Jack, I'm the managing director in charge of global thought leadership at PricewaterhouseCoopers, the consulting accounting tax firm. I previously was the editor-in-chief of the McKinsey Quarterly, one of the world's leading management publications. And I have a little bit of steel expertise because when I was in college, I wrote my senior honors thesis on the decline of the British steel industry from 1870 to 1900. That's great. Can you tell us a little bit about the importance of steel and how it really affected the growth of the railroad? Absolutely. Well, the importance of steel was that it was stronger and better than iron. Iron was what was getting used before steel. Uh, It was because it was high carbon content. It was brittle and and it had to be uh, treated in a puddling furnace to become less brittle and able to use things for things like steel rails. That process was slow and expensive. Then there were some big technological breakthroughs in the mid-1800s that led to the uh, the ability to create low-cost, high-volume steel. Uh, The first one was the Bessemer converter, which I think is the one we're talking about today. The Bessemer converter really shook the world. Uh, He came in 1856. Henry Bessemer discovered that blowing air through liquid pig iron produced an oxidation reaction that yielded temperatures that were high enough to rapidly purify the metal and create steel without an additional application of heat. And so suddenly you could make steel fast and cheap. Uh, You could make three to five tons of steel in about 20 minutes, whereas it had previously taken an entire day to convert that much iron into something you could make steel rails out of. So the result was uh, rather remarkable. The uh, dem- the market demanded very rapidly. So just to give one example, in 1870, one of the biggest British railway companies, the Northeastern Railway, uh, had uh, bought 94%, uh, 94% of its rails were made of iron. And by 1878, just eight years later, uh, just 1% of its rails were made of iron. So 99%, basically they went entirely to steel in about eight years. Um, and uh, in the country as a whole, there were only 220,000 tons of steel made in England in 1870. By 1880, it was almost a million and a half tons. So dramatic transformation. Thank you. 
Now, with the invention of the Bessemer converter and cheaper steel, railways could become widespread. Here to talk more about railways is Henry. The development of railways was a major improvement for the Industrial Revolution. It helped shift manual labor to machine-based production. It shifted small-scale production to large-scale production and shifted local markets uh, like people in only your country to global markets, people from other the other side of the world. And according to Industrial Revolution in America, railroads, the railways allowed for rapid transport of people and goods, which led to an increase in trade and commerce. What this means is railways were probably the biggest cog in the operation for the Industrial Revolution. Railways also played a role in the spread of the of the Industrial Revolution, as it did allow new ideas and new technologies to be transported to other countries. According to a paraphrased quote from The Steam Engine Powers the Industrial Revolution, the steam engine was one of the most important technologies of the Industrial Revolution, and it played a key role in the development of the modern world. The steam engine was invented by James Watt in 1765, it enabled factories and mills to be powered by steam, which in turn increased productivity and efficiency. The steam engine was po was powered by both coal and runs on steam as well, because the water powering the engine is heated by the coal. Its use in the railroad helped fuel the movement of the Industrial Revolution. That's the entire thing. I think Ravi Solution would like to add on about how factories were also powered by steam. Yeah, so with steam engines, they not only powered railroads, but they also powered the majority of the manufacturing industry, like with factories in the Industrial Revolution. And just, I'm going to specifically talk about Britain here. Manufacturing was a massive part of their economy, and it made up, according to L.D. Schwartz, who was an author, uh... It made up one-third of their economy, or around one-third. And the utilization of machines really lowered the cost of production by a lot. And it also reduced the cost of the product as well. And this is going to be supported by how Adam Smith, who was a famous philosopher at the time, said in The Wealth of Nations, quote, the, the value of any commodity, therefore, to the person who possesses it, and who means not to use or consume it himself, but to exchange it for other commodities, is equal to the quantity of labor which he can command. Labor, therefore, is the real measure of the exchangeable value of all commodities. Along with lowering the value of commodities, the usage of machines like the Bessemer converter and the steam engine also substantially increased manufacturing output. The Edinburgh Review, which was a British quarterly newspaper, mentioned that despite its flaws, which we'll talk about later in the podcast, the manufacturing output drastically increased with the usage of machines. Large manufacturing output helped Britain dominate the world market as they provided the cheapest manufacturing products compared to any other place in the world. And although these technological advancements in manufacturing helped Britain, the new technologies also caused pollution and alienation which really harmed the population of London. Since manufacturing with machines had a massive output, it meant that not as many people had to work in factories. And this resulted in large amounts of unemployment and backlash from the proletarians, who were known as the working class at the time. 
According to the Leeds Woolen Workers p- Petition, the scribbling machine, which was a machine that was used for clothing manufacturing, threw thousands of people out of employment because it, quote, does not as much work in one day as would otherwise employ 20 men, end quote. And along with this, the mental toll of tedious labor involved with machines was defined as alienation by Karl Marx, who was a major critic of the Industrial Revolution at the time. Karl Marx said that industrial workers experienced alienation and got estranged from the concept of being a human after doing so much tedious work. He observed that machine-operated labor got rid of all individuality within the workmen. And the effect of alienation can really be reflected well in one of the political cartoons from the Punch magazine, which was a popular British magazine during the Industrial Revolution. In the cartoon titled Cheap Clothing, uh, the artist portrays a lazy factory worker observing his own workers who were drawn as skeletons. And these skeletons really portray that the working conditions have destroyed all character within the factory workers. And it makes it clear that alienation was a heavy side effect of machine manufacturing. And mainly this is for the proletariats. Another side effect from machines was pollution. And as in another political cartoon from the Punch magazine, which was created for a moment known as the Great Stink of London, where the Thames River smelled so horrible from pollution that they had to close the houses of the parliament. The cartoon shows a figure called Father Thames, who represents the Thames River, introducing his children to the city of London. These children look extremely strange, and they're named after diseases like cholera, which is essentially saying that the pollution of the river introduced disease to the entire city of London. And this cartoon also shows that pollution was a serious side effect of machine manufacturing. Thanks, Robbie. To feed England's insatiable hunger for growth during the Industrial Revolution, there needed to be actual food to keep up with it so the population could grow and so that the country could boom. Now, how could this be supported without an agronomic discovery? Well, there was one, thanks to Jethro Tull and his revolutionary agronomic and agricultural techniques, especially the horse-drawn seed drill. According to Gale, this was one of the largest agronomic discoveries in the Industrial Revolution. It allowed seeds to be placed perfectly in rows, and it meant that the crops were a lot more uniform than they would be without the seed drill, where you would previously have been scattering your seeds from direction to direction. It was horse-drawn, which meant it could move faster than humans, and it was generally just a lot more efficient. You could plant a lot more acres and get a lot more yield out of it, your farm, with the seed drill. And another invention that he came up with, which was brilliant, was the aerator. The aerator allowed you to perforate your ground layer and get air into the seeded area. And what this meant was that you could, instead of needing to apply fertilizer everywhere all the time, you could instead have air act as the fertilizer for it and allow water to get to the seed a lot more easily. And this allowed naturally healthy crops and farmers didn't have to constantly apply fertilizer. These inventions allowed for considerably more agricultural production through the Industrial Revolution and helped feed more people, meaning that the population was able to boom and skyrocket. And that is another contributing factor to the success of the Industrial Revolution in Britain. All of these advancements, the Bessemer converter, the widespread use of steel, the railway, the steam engine, 
and Jethro Tull's seed drill all hugely positively affected England throughout its Industrial Revolution and forwarded the Industrial Revolution. Yet they also seriously harmed England and left it with, in some cases, irreversible pollution in places like the Thames, which has never fully recovered and is still highly polluted. Yet the Industrial Revolution did have positive effects, and the England's Industrial Revolution spread industrialization, industrialization ideas across the world and led to what is now the world as we know it. So although it had downsides, it had also obvious upsides. And that's all she wrote, folks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Technically History Podcast. If you enjoyed, be sure to slap a like and a comment on this podcast. And if you think we deserve something more, maybe sign up to our Patreon. That doesn't exist. Thank you to our sponsors who also don't exist. And see you next time.